Welcome to the Librarian Influencers Podcast. Each week, our host, Dr. Laura Shinneman, dives deep into school library topics to help you build your skills and take charge of your own professional development. Her mission is to create an environment where librarians flourish and become lifelong learners. Now, on to today's podcast. I'd like to welcome Sandra Carswell to the Librarian Influencers Podcast. So Sandra, we're so glad to have you with us today to, to share with our audience. And I would love for you just to tell them a little bit about your background. Well, thank you for having me. Um, I started off as a teacher. I'd never planned to become a teacher. You know, my mom okay. told me while I was in college, go ahead and get your teaching certificate. And I was like, no, no, but you know. Long story short, you know, we I get married and start having children. Then I just like, hey, maybe I'd like to be a teacher. So yeah. I became a teacher. And after teaching for about seven years, I started thinking I'd like to go into the library world. Um, had lots of experience in junior high and as a library aide. And then, in, of course, as a child, went to the public library all the time, especially during the summer. So I was a reader and I also love technology. So I thought library world was for me. So I went back to school and uh, got my certification. I had a master's in elementary ed. So I just did the school library certification, whatever it's called now to get my certificate. And uh, I was a fifth grade teacher for 13 years and then became the librarian at a junior, well, it's called an intermediate school. It was fifth and sixth grade. Okay. And um, I was there three years and then they were talking about shifting the grades more elementary into the intermediate and then the sixth grade was coming to the junior high. So the Mm -hmm. junior high opening was available. So I moved on over to the junior high. Okay. Um, Not being as big a fan of those, you know, lower elementary books as I was the more young adult books. So all right. Um, That's good. So then after a lonely year in junior high with just seventh and eighth graders, they then they moved the sixth grade in. And so all those teachers had been ones I'd worked with in the uh, intermediate school. Oh nice. So, okay. Uh, library business picked up really big time then. Mm-hmm. Because they knew what you could do. <laughs> so. Yes, they were used to me. The previous librarian here had not been one that did lessons or collaborated with teachers. So yeah. um, they were quite, uh, you know, hesitant to yeah. Yeah. join me. <laughs> okay. All right. And tell our, our audience where you are in the world, just so they can have kind of a location. I'm in Copper's Cove, Texas. It's uh, next to Fort Hood, Colleen area. Okay. Uh, Central Texas north of Austin, about an hour and a half. Okay. So do you have uh, military families at your school or is that? Yes. Yes. Definitely a big military town. Okay. That's good. My sister's military. So I always ask because she'll always talk, tell me stories, you know, about how uh, some of the special things, you know, that people will do, you know, for those families because they're so much uprooting in their lives and changing in their lives and parents here for a while and gone and just, you know, can be very difficult. So having, having a, a, I think a great steady, stable person, like in a library setting where they'll see that person, you know, consistently is, is an awesome, yeah. awesome resource. Good. Yeah. All right. So um, my audience is mostly, I'd say early career people and, you know, they're just getting their feet wet with everything. 
So tell us a little bit about what you remember when you were starting out. What were some of your experiences like? Well, first of all, I was scared to death because it was a new thing, you know. Um, But when I interviewed for the job, there were lots of friendly faces on the interview team. So they made me feel good. I was very fortunate that the library assistant um, that was hired when I first started had been there before. Mm. Um, She was military at the time. So she had left and then came back. Yeah. And so... She was very friendly and wonderful. And even better than that, she knew where everything was Mm -hmm. because there was a lot of stuff in the library that I didn't know. You You didn't know. And um, she knew where everything was. And she knew the the routines that had been going on and the teachers. And so she could fill me in. Um, Okay. Now, you know, it became sometimes there were things that I've changed that she wanted, she kept saying, well, this is how well, no, now we're going to do it this way, yeah. you know, yeah. but it just took a little practice with that to yeah. see how we could change things a little bit to make it the way I wanted it to mm-hmm. be. But, um, yeah, that was very wonderful. Uh, I was just, I was in heaven because that was, I love books and reading and the technology that yeah. we had yeah. in the library. But same with me. It's like all my favorite things combined into one one position. So yes, that's what I knew. And from watching one of my good friends, you know, everything she would talk about, it's like, but that's the stuff I love. So that, that's when I decided it's time to go to school. So, yes. <laughs> time to go back to school. So, all right. Well, Sandra, when you're thinking back, is there any kind of advice or tips that, that people could have told you that would have been really helpful? And I'm sure, uh, yes. And I'm sure I was told, but try to take things slow get to know your collection, Yeah. get to know your teachers and your school staff, mm-hmm. how they've been using the library, and then start making little changes in how you see it going forward and okay. to build those relationships and actually know your collection and how it's being used before you can start making changes. Right. Um, you know, I'm the type of person that I'd like to just jump in with both feet and just make it go, you know? Yeah. So that's something I had to learn how to do. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I've heard stories too. You talk about knowing your collection. I've heard stories of people going in and just instantly weeding, which can be a good thing, but what they didn't know, they didn't know what their teachers were using in the classroom. And so they were actually weeding some things, you know, that the teacher's typically would, you know, check out, you know, for certain periods of time. And, oh my goodness, that, that was a huge uproar. <laughs> well, once <laughs> yeah. it became spring or whenever it was, you know, that the teacher was looking for certain resources, but yeah. yeah. So I had to be careful there. But, yes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and we know the books that are come with their um, textbook adoptions are always the older titles anyway. So mm-hmm. those are the ones you're probably going to want to read. Yeah. That, yeah. You have to be careful point. with that. Very good point. All right. Well, Sandra, I know that your area is already heading back to school. And so like, what are some of the things that that you did kind of like to help you get a good kickoff for the school year? Well, this school year kickoff has been a little bit unusual in that we're going to -to one-to-one with the laptop distribution. And I'm like front and center on that scope. So I haven't I did, I have had sixth grade come in for orientation. And of course the sixth graders are always, they're new to our campus. They're always excited to come to the library and that's wonderful. Uh, But then again, I've been 
consumed with all the technology and troubleshooting and yeah just you know the, the little details so I I feel I just today got my first two book orders submitted for purchase order requests so mm-hmm. because I feel like I have not done very much at all as way as my library job. Um, I was able to meet with our content area teachers. Okay. Um, with their, they have PLC meetings once a week. And um, I was able to go in and, because we have a big turnover of teachers every year, we have probably 15 new teachers. Oh, wow. And so I've had an opportunity to meet with all of them and review some basics for the library and how I'd like to how I'd like to work with them and okay. the things that we had available and um, types of things we've done in the past. So, and um, also I'm wanting to work more with our elective teachers. Um, so I've talked to some of them about projects and things we've, uh, that we have planned already to mm-hmm. come up, coming up. So um, because of our content, our main content areas, have scope and sequence and they're really kind of tied down to some things but our elective teachers are a little bit more free with their time and energy and and so we can do some great collaborative projects with them so I'm kind of excited about that that's good as soon as we get through all this technology delivery (laughs) but you know what it's good that y'all are doing that because I mean who knows what's going to happen you know in in the next couple of months so you're going to be ready Yes. Whether y'all stay face to face, end up hybrid, or if there's another crisis of some. That's correct. That's correct. That's what one of the parents said. Why are they doing this now? And I said, well, just in case. Just in case, yeah. And yeah. plus, you know, because we they've got this grants, uh, but oh, the okay. I think they use. I'm not sure what grant it was, but anyway, they, you know, had the grant money to buy the devices, and so they making use of it. That's awesome. And I love too, that you said you've already placed a couple of book orders. Um, just from me talking with several different vendors and stuff, I know that their supply chain is, is slow and dragging just like restaurants fast, you know, our gas stations, everything, you know, everybody, it's just slow right now. So the quicker we can get book orders in, the better off we're going to be because it, it is going to be slower than normal. We just need to know that, you know, up front. And be proactive and order early instead of late. Yes. I was kind of uh, missed out on some last spring because I didn't get them in order in early enough. So I'm going to try to remedy that. (laughs) Yeah, that's good. And so many people were not able to have their their orders filled at the end of the year. And it was simply because the supply was not there. You know, they're just, I don't know, whatever vendors you might use, but there there are some that you might be able to check and see if it's actually in stock. You know, if you're trying to get a fast order, then look for those titles, you know, that are going to be in stock. Yeah. All right. So um, when we're, I love to talk about, you know, the influence that we have on a campus and, you know, the kind of things that we do, um, as librarians, but we know that this pandemic really changed so much in our world, but it also didn't, you know, because there's still some key things, you know, that we do. So what is, what's been your take on this, on the pandemic? How has it kind of changed um, what you do and how you how you serve? Well, we always, we have had for several years, uh, an LMS, we use Schoology, Okay. And I've always created a library course for each grade in Schoology, and I've posted all my lessons. So I was kind of already used to using that. Um, 
even virtual book clubs and things. But I did not find that the kids really wanted to participate much. I had those few diehard, you know, book club kids. Yeah. The general population of the students that were home, they did not. They were a lot of them when we were um, at home for that whole spring. They were using paper packets. They weren't even going digital much. Wow. And um, and then last year, um, we we started the year with most of our kids on campus. But even those virtual kids that stayed home, they just did their school assignments and did not participate much in all the extra stuff that I tried to put out there for them. Yeah. You know? okay. um, even during the summer, I always try to have like a little virtual summer book club thing, but I don't get much participation. My granddaughter, she told me, Mimi, kids just don't want to do that during the summer. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> but anyway, um, so I really was pre- pretty prepared for the virtual, mm-hmm. but getting the kids to participate, they really didn't do it much unless I joined in with a teacher's Zoom meeting. Okay. And even their Zoom meetings were, um, I don't think, required. They had their lessons video recorded. So right. I think a lot of kids didn't join in the live Zoom meetings very much. Okay. So, um, it, they were anyway, like recorded and posted. We, we could. And, yeah. you know. Yeah. And that, that's, I, I'm going to bet that this year is going to be pretty much um, pretty similar, you know, to last year. And I, I just know locally, like where I am, there's still hundreds of kids, you know, that haven't reported back to class or, and that's just one district I'm thinking of, haven't reported back to class and also haven't signed up that they know of in in another district, you know, or in some virtual setting of whatever. So it's going to be very interesting just finding a lot of kids this year and then engaging them, you know. Well, right. I'm just excited we're back in the library because we yes. weren't even allowed to ha- be in the library last spring. Mm. And so I was doing everything, going into classes. We were delivering books to classrooms and yeah. going into the lunchroom and delivering books and checking out books. So um, I was glad to have kids back in the library last spring, but since they really weren't coming as classes or anything. Mm-hmm. So this year we're going to be coming as classes and and on a flexible schedule, of course, but um, okay. I'm glad, I'm glad they're going to be here. Yeah. Just out of curiosity, since you mentioned flexible and I know you're the middle school or junior high, whichever you called it. Um, is it mostly the language arts teachers that are bringing kids in or, or who, who comes um, right now? And uh, the sixth grade language arts kind of are going to schedule because okay. they have double block classes. So they have more time. And the seventh and eighth grade is kind of hard to get them in. That's why I'm kind of pushing more with the um, electives. I used to schedule classes every two weeks, um, but I switched during from subjects. So this week would be language arts in two weeks. They would all come with their social studies teacher. They'd all come with their science teacher. So that way I could... Uh, do my lessons and tie them into whatever content they were teaching in each subject at that time. Yeah. Then that subject area teacher could see the resources I was using with the kids for those subjects. And, you know, we kind of did it that way. And the teachers learned some things that the kids were learning from me as well. Um, But the last couple of years, it's been more strict as far as their scope and sequence. And 
sometimes I'll find out maybe somebody's doing a little research thing, but I wouldn't find out until the kids were in the library um, going on Google to look for something. Yes, yes. You know, and I'd say, oh, well, I'd see, what are, you, what are you doing? And I would show them, well, this is a really good source, you know, and I'd show them some things. But um, so because they don't want to spend three, four or five days on it, they just want to have one or two days because they've got to move on with their right. stuff. So anyway, um, that's why I'm just kind of trying to support them whenever they do find they have time to mm-hmm. use our resources and let me teach a little research process or something. Um, like I have a sixth grade social studies coming tomorrow. We're going to start baby steps, you know, checking out a book on their topic and, mm-hmm. you know, learning to read and use the index. I mean, these are things I know they've been taught in elementary, but yeah. It has to be repeated. So anyway, we're going to, you know, some teachers will find time. This one is particularly their GT kids are going to do that. And so, you know, any place I can get them in here, I'm doing that. I'm just not as regular. That's why when I hear librarians complain about being the rotation, I always felt, but at least you get to see all your kids Mm -hmm. regularly. Mm -hmm. You don't have them just, you know, scattershot you know where you just get some of these kids and some of those kids at least you get to see all of them and you know what they've been taught and what they know how to do by the end of the year right and I know a lot of what you're describing is 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 the fact that librarians do have a positive impact you know on student achievement you know and what's going on at the school um so if you want let's talk a little bit more about the scheduling because that seems to be something um it's kind of a hot topic in case they're in a position where they're thinking about their scheduling. Um, talk a little bit more about scheduling in general and how that impacts the services. Well, when I started, you know, I was allowed just to make my own schedule and it was, um, I'm trying to remember in fifth and sixth grade, you know, I just, I don't remember if I scheduled the different subjects. I think it may have just been language arts that came every other week. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I rotated my lessons with um, reading promotion type things and research skills and technology type lessons, yeah. kind of back and forth. Yeah. Um, and then when I came to the junior high, like I said, that first year, it was just seventh and eighth grade and they weren't used to working with me. Now, eventually I did. I had some really good collabor- collaborations with science and social studies mm-hmm. uh, in particular because some of those teachers learned that kids remember more, learn more, remember what they've researched themselves and mm-hmm. created with than just the rote PowerPoint note-taking type of lessons. So it really was very successful there for a while. And we were integrating technology projects and things like that. And then our kind of curriculum shifted to be more, um, uh, I call it canned. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, scripted and that they were tightened up their scope and sequence. And, and so it's kind of drifted apart, drifted away. And I feel, I've kind of really felt bad that I haven't been in the mix as much mm-hmm. with content as I would like to be. And I have, be, have been before. Mm-hmm. However, um, oh, you know, there are doors open with theater arts, with choir, with um, art, um, haven't really won over the band people yet. I know they have a lot on their plate, but um, 
be, I'm, I'm looking to, and we have other electives as well, you know, farm to table. We have, um, there's one health and wellness, and then there's one about speech, you know, so all those little areas I can, I need to, when I get through with this tech, technology stuff, I'm going to be meeting with those people more one-on-one and okay. working more with those. So I think through that, the kids will still get to learn some of the things that I think are important that I try to tell them that are not just for this class, but they're for all your classes and mm-hmm. for all your grades, all the way up through high school and then on into college, if need be, Yeah, um, if you go into college. So scheduling, you know, although I used to be, I had it down with alternating and everything, then those doors kind of closed. So I'm having to make myself a new way of doing things. And yeah. So talk for a minute, like theater arts, for example, like what kind of things would you propose to that teacher? Um, I think one of them is they're going to be researching a famous uh, performer. And then they're going to, we're going to do one of those live uh, museums and let kids come through where they, I said, we can just print out like an easy button on the floor and the kids step on the button and then they, <laughs> then they will p- pretend like they're that person and tell about themselves and yeah. sing what they sing, you know, yeah, that type of thing. Okay. Um, you know, maybe they'll even sing a little bit. I don't yeah. know, but um, just kind of make it more fun, but also learning how to use the different resources. Okay. Um, that what, was one of the things that we've talked about. What about your farm to table? Have you given that one much thought? Um. I've shared with her some books that I've got and we haven't really gotten together on looking at some research projects. They do a lot of hands-on with the, in the greenhouse and growing things and cooking. And, but I do have some books that I've recommended to her and, and checked out to her and said, look, we've got these, we've got these. So, and they can tie in some of the, the health type of books also with those. Um, In the past, there was a research project. Another lady did in kind of that vein where it was all these different vegetables and fruits and they called it the periodic table of vegetables and fruits. And so each kid had one and they were unusual things that I'd never seen or heard of, you know, so it was pretty interesting. And she brought with it some uh, particular websites that she knew about that would work really well, more so than what our normal databases were. But that, that was kind of neat to see. Yeah. Um, and the kids kind of like, and I think they even had, they cook some of those different recipes they found for those different ones. I didn't get part of that, but yeah, <laughs> but, it, but it was fun for me to work with the kids on that yeah, different type okay. of project. Theater, we've done, um, theater, we've done, you know, history of theater before, but we have a new theater arts teacher this year, and he is really excited and wanting to do puppet shows and readers theater, so we're going to get together on some of those, and I also, I usually do a poetry cafe in the spring, in the evenings, and he said he would love to work with us on that as well, because he's interested in helping the kids learn about building sets and things like that. Okay. So, um, so yeah, we've got some things hopefully in the works pretty soon. That's good. And an art show. I always love having the art show in the yes, library. That's fun. Yeah. And, and I have a friend, I've, I know I've mentioned her several times before, uh, but Nicole Cruz. And I remember one time her strategy was the coaches. She like the athletic coaches because of the no pass, no play. And so she was able to get some really good time with students that she didn't typically see. 
um, okay. because those coaches were, would let her in because those kids had to pass. And so they were really interested in the study skills and the resources and different things, you know, that she had to share. So that might be a group. <laughs> That's a good idea. So I think they do have like a study hall time for Mm -hmm. those players Mm -hmm. too. Um, Another thing that's coming up this year because we have that house bill with the intervention. And so I think we're planning, last I heard, to have like a shortened schedule on Wednesdays and have those intervention classes meet. But that means the other, the kids that aren't going to those tutoring sessions are going to have something else to do. Well, we used to have something called Cougar Hour where they earned to do that type of thing. Mm -hmm. So um, different things. So I was trying to come up with something we could do in the library. So I'm thinking about having like a genius hour type thing and have kids that are interested in just researching and exploring and creating projects about whatever their interests are. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm thinking that might be my contribution. I don't, I'm hoping a lot of, I'm hoping at least 20 kids will want to do that, oh, you know, because yeah. Yeah. if there's only three, they'll probably say, yeah, Ms. Carswell, you only have three kids. I don't think so. In that big library, <laughs> you need to have 25. Four. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. All right. So, so Sandra, for the listeners who are just starting out and they're thinking, you know, these sound like things they might could think about with their schedule. What would you say some first steps are for them? When they're thinking about their schedule, if they're able to schedule themselves, I just want them to not to overlook. Yeah, the content areas are great, perfect, Mm -hmm. because you can get everybody in, but don't overlook the elective people. I feel like I've probably neglected them in years past, and now I'm turning to them going, come one, come all, you know. So I would say think about the electives. Another thing that I've been terrible about and I admit it is the the resource classes and getting them to come in as well. Those are probably the kids I should be working with more. Um, so those are things, you know, do as I say, not as I do. <laughs> but, um, reflected now. So that's going to be something on your mind. Since you yes. Yes. So um, I've got to look at those types of things in the scheduling and, and, and be, you know, I know it's, they say flexible is best, but um you know, if you're in a, in a rotation, you know, there's good things about that too, that I can see. So um, I would not, I would not think, I know one of my, my best friends is one of our elementary librarians. I don't think she's in the rotation. I think you've already talked to her maybe, Um, but um, fantastic. She's a fantastic librarian. I wish I was a kid and going to her school and in the library with her. So you can do lots of wondrous things in, in the fix or in the Mm-hmm. In the fixed mm-hmm. in the flexible type of schedule yeah. and that's definitely something that even to put questions out like if you're on social media put questions about like how are you creative with your rotation you know what, what do you do because there are some very unique things that people do that make it great you know an awesome thing and you know I know rotation that was what I was in you know and you make it work, you know, yes. <laughs> you do what you have to do. And trying to, yeah, and incorporate those cross-curricular projects. Mm-hmm. We've, um, that's really great if you can get, you know, your science teachers coming in, your language arts teachers coming, and maybe they can do a project together and the kids can yeah. get double the bang for their buck there in their efforts. Yeah, definitely, for sure. Mm-hmm. All right, well, Sandra, it's been fun chatting with you and uh, I know that you you said you've been doing this for many years. So wh- where do you go to to keep being inspired and to keep getting fresh ideas? 
Well, I was, you know, I was always in LMNet listserv and the Texas Library Connection TLC listserv. And before that, I had been in a teacher listserv for all, all my teaching years. So I knew about listservs. Well, then when we got um, social media, I was just in like Facebook because family stuff. Well, gradually the librarian world started encroaching. <laughs> so, and in Twitter, I was part of the TL, uh, TXL chat. Mm -hmm. on Twitter when we first started and it just became so much I just could you know I was doing I was like my husband was wanting me to pay attention to him basically I was spending too much time on social media so um, I finally just cut that all out I do still have an Instagram account which okay. I don't, try not to look at very much so I did um, add that I'm just Sandra Carswell on Instagram and then um but mostly I'm just on the listservs, library and listservs now, TLC and LMNet. Okay. All right. Yeah, there's great, great, great groups in Facebook for librarians and that it's hard to limit your time. Mm -hmm. you have to limit that time. It, it is, you know, and, and I'll even see, you know, people that will take their breaks, you know, from social media, you know, for, and they'll put announcements up, you know, they're, they just need that personal break. And, and I think even now as school is starting back, we're going to probably find we, we need that break because we're so busy trying to get things rolling again, you know, that we can't just get lost in the evenings and social media, you know, <laughs> give our minds a little break there. You got to get the laundry done sometime. Yes, yeah, <laughs> for sure, for sure. All right. Well, Sandra, thanks for sharing. Um, is there any closing words or any thoughts you want to share before we log off today? I would just say the librarian position is the best job in the school. I always believe that and I still do. Um, I, you know, I'm past time to retire. I could retire, but, you know, it's too much fun, really. You know, <laughs> it's just too much fun. I would be bored at home probably because I'm not, you know, into all that gardening and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Not yet. No. <laughs> That's great. Well, Sandra, yeah. thanks for doing all that you do for your kids and your staff where you are. And I just wish you the very best as you uh, keep rolling out the start of this school year. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate your getting a hold of me and chatting with me today. You're welcome. Well, you have a great day. Bye-bye. Thanks.